Hey, welcome to Church Alive. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the message. I'm going to read a passage of scripture, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Good? Yes. John chapter 20, verse 24, a familiar passage of scripture on Resurrection Sunday. John 20, verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, if my name was Didymus, I'd want him to change my name too. <laughs> Maybe call me P. Diddy. <laughs> if your name's Didymus, I'm sorry. But from now on, your name's P. Diddy. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. This is the guy who started, would you believe, the top 12, right? That Jesus asked to change the world. He says, I will not believe. So I just want to let you know today that God is bigger than your questions. God is bigger than your doubts. God is bigger than your what ifs and maybes and what if that happened? Why did that happen to me? The disciples were familiar with doubts. Verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas, or Diddy, was with them. Though the doors were locked and Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, if you're a doubter in here today, just let this speak to you. Put your finger in here. See my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, the only thing you can say to Jesus when he shows up to you personally, my Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Someone say, I'm blessed. blessed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written for you, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have what in His name? Life. Come on, what in His name? Life. Life in His name. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank You. Every man, every woman within the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, walk amongst us. Elevate Jesus. I pray for the faith that would sit in every man, every woman, every family represented. I pray right now that You would touch them where they need it. Speak to them and guide them. Strengthen them. May every single person leave a little bit different than when they came in. I pray you'd elevate, Lord Jesus, and elevate the voice of God in this place so that we'd never be the same. Come on, pray this simple prayer with me. Jesus, my mind is attentive. My heart open. I declare today, I can be who you created me to be. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Amen, amen. Can we thank our worship team? Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. You can grab your seat, slap your neighbor, tell them you're good looking, you smell good. You know, the greatest story ever told will not be that Tiger Woods won the Masters recently. But that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Coming back 11 years out and, and winning that was pretty cool. The, the, the greatest story ever told will not be the next president of the United States or it won't be the following or it won't be the following after that. The greatest story ever told is the birth, the life, the teachings, the, the, the miracles 
the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In three and a half years, Jesus changed the world before there was Twitter and Instagram and there were no selfies in during that time. People had to like talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> people had to tell people stuff and, and they had to spread the word. And, and Christianity, if you trace the, the, the history of 2,000 years, it is actually an incredible story how it even spread. It is basically miraculous because it really started out in this small little town in this insignificant place and, and they were under slavery of Rome at the time. So it is an incredible story. But I want to talk to you today about the greatest story, but I want to talk to you along this line, the lazy river of life, the lazy river of life. And let me tell you a quick story just to give you a, a bit of background on this. I got to go recently to Orlando, Florida and took my kids to see Mickey and Minnie and Star Wars stuff. It was really cool. And uh, just enjoying the weather. It's funny, I now vacation where my tennis team used to vacation in spring break for two years and it's kind of just crazy going back to a place where I used to play tennis at now I bring my family there anyway it's an amazing place and um, anyway on the Friday that we were there you choose the different pools of this resort and we chose this one pool and it's called the lazy river and anyway we're enjoying life and and my wife was I don't know sitting back on a chair and and I walked out I think from a slide and she, my wife says to me babe um, I, where's Rachel which has been a little bit of a theme in our parenting. I'm not going to lie. I promise you we are good parents. Um, but she was like, when she said, I don't know where Rachel is, my heart literally was like, again? If you know me, anyway, we'll get into it another time. But there's about 29 seconds of calmness in a parent's life when they're missing a child. But by 30 seconds, you're freaking out. You're like, okay, I'll find her. You're looking around and there's no, a slide. I'm looking at the slide. I'm looking at the water. And then 29, 30, okay, let's go. <laughs> and, and Ben now is old enough now. He's 10 that he, we literally went in triad formation. I said, Miriam, go that way. Benjamin, you're going down that way. And I'm going to go this way. And we are scouting this big pool and it's got a lazy river along it and slides and all this kind of stuff. And I run on down to this one place and I'm not sprinting, but I'm kind of jogging. I think because I'm old. Anyway, um, and I'm jogging down and then I see a girl who looks really like Rachel. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm just about to call Miriam. I'm like, babe, we found her. And I watch her down the slide. I'm like, oh, crap, that's not Rachel. And when I said that, oh, crap, that's not Rachel, literally on the inside, literally fear just went, oh, shoot. And then I walked over and I tried to see something else. And then I, then I walked to the bathrooms and both men and women just went, Rachel! <laughs> like if someone was having a hard time going to the bathroom, they weren't after that. They was like, ah, oh, okay. Okay, way too much information on Easter. But anyway, I was helping a brother out. And, and then... Uh, and then I walk, I promise you, I walk into, there was a restaurant there, there's a Starbucks there. So it's a pretty significant pool, easy to leave, lose someone, especially when they like to get lost. And um, so I walk into Starbucks, I'm like, hey, can you, uh, can you uh, echo of the loudspeaker or something like that? Do you have something with your microphone and use it and call out to my daughter, Rachel, and let her meet me? They look at me like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> And I'm like, fire the manager right now. He should train you. And I like, well, find someone who can. And they start talking and they're useless. And um, they don't know what they're doing. 
And then this lady comes on over. I say, listen, my seven-year-old daughter's missing. She's been missing for about seven, eight minutes now. It's getting a little concerning. Can you go get the security guy? Blah, blah, blah. I'm talking to her pretty quickly. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And she keeps looking at me and it's kind of slow. I'm like, okay, listen, I need you to speed it up. And she literally is like, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you about it. I'm like, okay, you know what's going on, go get the security guy right now. I'm very much getting frustrated. Little does, uh, I don't know this time, my wife is walking around with hope and, and she's crying. Uh, the cool thing is though, she's recruited some dads. How many know that dads, when you tell a dad that, that you've lost your kid, like they all of a sudden become Navy SEALs. <laughs> like completely out of shape. All of a sudden, they're just like, and I had, I, we, we turned lazy on vacation fathers into Navy SEALs in like three seconds. It was great. Miriam's crying. Benjamin's going down the lazy river. He's calling out, Shelly, daddy's looking for you, so forth. And then finally, Miriam calls me. It's about 15 minutes later, which if you're a parent, that's a long 15 minutes. It really is. She calls, hey, babe, we got her. And, and then I, all of a sudden, I look like the crazy parent. Because <laughs> then the lady that I was a little bit frustrated at, she walks on back and I'm like, you know what, don't worry. Um, we found her now. But then I was done, though, with her lack of urgency. I, I, I tell you, I am a nice person. Um, but I wanted to teach her a lesson. I promise you, I, I wanted to be firm, but not mean. But my wife will tell you, when I go firm on people, I'm kind of mean. Like, I didn't cuss. I wanted to cuss. I promise you. You would have been in Orlando and seeing your pastor just be like, you better blankety blanket. You're like, what? <laughs> anyway, I didn't, I didn't cuss. But I literally said to her, I said, the next time there is an urgent situation going on, I said, do you even have kids? And she was like, yes, I do. Then you should know. She was walking like she was picking up seashells on the shore. And I need you to be Olympic athlete walking. Okay. I don't expect you to run, but I do expect a little side to side hip movement and shoulder movement hustle. The security man was standing right next to her. And I looked at him like, what are you going to do about it, buddy? I'll take you on right now. I didn't say that. I thought all these things. And then I walked away and they thought I was crazy. But I was urgently looking for my daughter. And I want to I wanna tell you today that there is a lazy river called the river of life. And it has a pull to it, doesn't it? It has a pull and it, and it sucks us in almost. It just seems to move us Sometimes subtly, like away from our Heavenly Father, but just subtly, it just takes us slowly. We think we're having a good time. Our friends, Rachel's friends invited her onto the lazy river. She thinks they're her friends. I think they're little kidnappers. <laughs> and, and she's on this little river and she's having a good time. Here's the interesting thing about the story. She didn't know. She didn't know she was in danger. She's seven. She hasn't watched Taken yet. I might show her that movie soon. I have a particular set of skills and I will find you and I will kill you. Good luck. And she's floating down the river. And Benjamin, my son, who's 10, who it's pretty proud that I can send him out now to like save stuff. 
because he can choke people out. He actually can. We were messing around with it recently in our TV room and, and there's a karate instructor who goes to our church and she was like, don't do it like that, Ben, do it like this. So she, he practiced on dad. And then I like actually stumbled to the ground and I thought I was kidding and I'm like, wait, I can't get up. <laughs> so he legitimately can choke people out. But I want to tell you today, has the lazy river of life just sucked you away from your father? Because I want to tell you today that daddy's been looking for you. Daddy's been crying out. Daddy's been sending his best. Daddy's been encouraging people to encourage you to are you connected to your father? If, if you're in this place today for the first time, and may, could it be, could it be that daddy's been looking for you? Yeah. The heavenly father that made you, that created you, and everyone else is just sipping Mai Tais by the pool, but there is this urgent situation going on because daddy's looking for you. Yeah. And that is really the picture of the gospel. If I would if I would break down the phrase of the Bible that best summarizes the whole Bible, it's this, Daddy's been looking for you. In Genesis chapter 3, when mankind fell, he, he said, Adam, where are you? He was looking. And in Luke 19 verse 10, the Bible says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there is this amazing theme. It's this, Daddy has been looking for you. How many know when you're seven, you don't understand the dangers of this world? How many know that you're just hanging out with your friends and you having a good time? But here's what happens over time as you begin to Go down this river, eventually you begin to ask questions like this. And Ravi Zachariah would call these the four biggest questions of life. Every philosophy, every religion must at least try and coherently answer these questions. They are origin, where did I come from? Meaning, why am I here? Morality, how do I define morality? And destiny, where am I going? Let me give that to that one more time for those of you that like to take notes in church and get something very scientific and so forth out of you. And, And others of you, you can... Zone back in a second. <laughs> Origin, where'd I come from? Have you ever just gone to bed at night and just gone, why am I here? Meaning, is there a point to life? Morality. How do I determine right and wrong? Destiny. Where am I going at the end of my life? See, every philosophy, every religion actually tries to answer these four big questions. They are the four biggest questions of life. And actually what happens is we get sucked down the lazy boy river of life. And sometimes it'll be pain and we say, there is no God. Sometimes there'll be a difficult situation or circumstance in your life. And you say, if God was real, this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened. But can I suggest to you today that the whole Bible is actually agrees with you when you think there's something wrong with the world. The whole Bible agrees with you that when you say and think to yourself, there's something wrong with the world. The fact that I would even have to shout into a bathroom and wonder if a kidnapper had taken my daughter into that bathroom, doesn't that say there's something wrong with the world? Doesn't it say there's something wrong with the world when you wouldn't give your wallet to anyone and everyone? Doesn't it say there's something wrong with the world when you, you and I can't even fulfill our own moral commitments, let alone God's? The Bible says we all like sheep have gone astray each to his own way. So I want to talk to you today about three thoughts 
of what we lost in the garden and what Jesus did on the cross, but then at the resurrection of what he's trying to get back to you. Number three is this, position. Position is actually our identity. Uh, position, the John chapter 1 says this. John 1 says this. Let me see if it's, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, to all who did receive him, to those who what? believe not just like when morally could no believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God do you know that too many people reject the message of Christ because I wow but what about this one sin that I love doing let me suggest this when the king of kings is inviting you to the greatest party of all time called eternity in heaven you the little favorite little thing that sometimes we have on the side compares nothing to that. See, the King of Kings is actually the creator of your soul and my soul. And he is sending his army. He is sending people and saying, hey, do you know me? How many know that it's dangerous when you're disconnected from daddy? How many know it's dangerous when you're disconnected from daddy? I love hanging out with my daughter. I was recently walking to get a haircut with her and she's like, daddy, can we walk? And Kids ask the coolest questions ever. She's like, Daddy, um, so if a killer whale killed you or a shark killed you, which one would hurt the most? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't think there's been a lot of scientific investigation on that question. She said to me, Daddy, if someone has no body and no nose, what do you call that? I'm like, I don't know, sweetheart. She's like, nobody knows. Isn't that good? I was driving to school one day. She was four and a half or five. And all of a sudden, she said this question to me. She's like, Daddy, who am I? But she said it with meaning and she said it with attitude. She was like, who am I? I was like, honey, you're my princess. You're my Shelly Bell. So I said, and she's like, but Daddy, I scratch people. And I was like, well, stop scratching people, <laughs> number one. But two, see, when you ask the big questions of life, if you're not in the right position, you ask them anyway. But the answer comes back wrong. So your creator doesn't answer them. Your father doesn't answer them. Your daddy doesn't answer them. No, life answers them. And maybe your success answers them. Or maybe your failures answer them. Or maybe your mistakes answer them. You see, all of us have done mistakes. And so do our mistakes define us? Or does our success define us? I don't care if you're successful or or you just feel like your mistakes define you. Both of those things are actually not meant to define you. Actually, the father who created you is meant to define you. But it's in the house of God and it's in the position of actually saying, God, you are my father. And in the vicinity of my father, there is safety. Does that make sense? See, when my daughter is just floating down a stream and I have no idea where she is, the only reason I can't find her is if she doesn't want to be found. And the only reason that God can't find you and me is if we don't want to be found. You see, God, I promise you this, God has been looking for you. And sometimes you've asked a question at night, why am I here? And I just want to tell you today that God put that in you. God put that question in you because questions lead you to answers. Most times when people ask questions of faith, it's really just a smokescreen because they don't want to know. But when you ask sincere questions, Jesus says, if you'll seek, you'll find. 
If you'll knock, the door shall be opened unto you. Do you believe it? See, we lost position, but we lost presence. My daughter has my last name, but it's not just enough enough for for her to have my last name. I want her to be present with me. I want her to be close to me because when she's close to me, that's when I can shape her character and tell her, man, daddy loves you. Someone's disciplined her a little bit and all that kind of stuff, you know? See, daddy doesn't want to beat you, but daddy wants to discipline you so that he forms your character. Every good parent worth their salt. <laughs> my son's in the front <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the first times he's been here. And you know what's so funny is that other kids, they get excited when the other kid gets disciplined. <laughs> There's something wrong with us. <laughs> years ago, I used to, I haven't gone so far off my notes, but years ago, I used to, if, if my sister was getting in trouble, I would go and get the spoon. <laughs> Here, mum. <laughs> Beat her real good this time. <laughs> she obviously didn't learn her lesson last time. <laughs> On the cross, he paid the price for the sin, not just of those things that you might be embarrassed of, but for things like I'll do it my way, God, or the things that you will do in the future. But at the resurrection, he authenticated everything he ever said. Hear me now, at the resurrection, Jesus authenticated everything he ever said. Understand this, Jesus cannot be just a good teacher. C.S. Lewis actually said, he said, Jesus is either Lord, lunatic, or liar. It is the only three options. Liar, because he was actually knowingly deceiving someone. Crazy, because you cannot say to people, I am the bread of life, and not be it. Or he is Lord. Does that make sense? I heard another man say Christianity cannot be moderately important. It can either only be very important or not important at all. Are you with me? You see, when Jesus says, before Arnold said, I'll be back. Jesus said, I'll be back. But none of them got it. None of the disciples were waiting at the tomb. Like that morning, Sunday morning, none of the disciples were like having a fire, just like, okay, when's Jesus going to come out? (laughs) We knew it, Jesus. There you are. No, they were devastated. And the Bible actually says that, that even when the women told them, he's risen from the dead, they literally didn't believe it. They thought it was nonsense. And I find that encouraging, don't you? I find it encouraging that the guys who started the church 2,000 years ago wrestled with doubt themselves, wrestled with questions themselves, wrestled with what if, and that couldn't even be real. I mean, Thomas is touching Jesus and he's still doubting. That means you and I need time sometimes to process our questions and process our doubts. And maybe you're on the lazy river of life and, and maybe, maybe I'm a, a Benjamin in your life and I'm saying, Daddy is looking at you and it's going to take you some time to process where the Daddy is looking for you. And it's okay to process that. It's okay to go, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that guy with an Australian accent's a real deal. I'm not sure if like church and the music, I don't get it. It's okay. God wants to give you time to process some things. But then eventually he has to say to you, stop doubting and believe. Because 
Doubt is a choice. Just like you choose a negative attitude in the morning sometimes or a positive attitude. Do you know that doubt is a choice? But so is belief. And belief opens the door. Do you know that belief makes you powerful? Roger Bannister, the the, the guy that broke the four-minute mile, everyone says scientifically it's impossible to break the four-minute mile, but one guy came along and said, I believe I can do it. And so I want to tell you today, I believe that you can be all that God has called you to be. I believe that you can be the person God has created you to be. I believe that you can shake off average and be God's chosen instrument. I believe it. I believe it. But you got to start believing it in your heart. Can I get a good amen? Position. Presence. Power. Position close to daddy. Take on his name. Presence. Keep being around him. You know, I reckon, I reckon the devil fights you so hard on just being around God. I, I've met more people that have no problem with God, but they have a problem with his church. But the strange thing about that is that church will be the thing that continually encourages you to get close to God. And so if you disconnect from church, what do you really disconnect from? The place that will continue to help you and plant you in the house of God and help you be the person God has called you to be. Are you with me? Can I have the worship team to come? Watch this scripture now in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. The Bible says this, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself no longer. Someone say, no longer. Come on, say no longer. No longer. What's this? This is so vital for us, us to catch and get this on the inside. Listen, let me ask you a simple question. Does God want to count your sin against you? No, not in Christ. He says, no longer counting people's sins against them. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. What's this now? So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. Which means this, there's the lazy river of life and people are floating down it and God is sending out people to say, reach out your hand. Reach out your hand. Daddy's looking for you. Daddy's looking for you. Daddy's looking for you. I truly believe this, the invitation of Christianity, the invitation of Christ, the invitation of faith, the invitation of grace, it is the greatest invitation ever. It is the greatest story ever, but it is the greatest person ever. It is the greatest invitation ever. You know what's so strange in our culture is that we, we, we spend all this money on selling sugar water and all kinds of different nonsense and they're, they're not bad things. They're, they're okay. And we spend billions of dollars on these things trying to sell one message greatest story is actually Jesus stretching his hand down into the lazy boy river of life and saying daddy's been looking for you daddy knows you like but 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 no you don't understand daddy's looking for you it's everything you ever want it's everything you ever need it's right here in front of you Hear the the sound of this song again. It's everything you ever want. It's everything you ever need. Would you close your eyes for a moment? 
Eyes are closed, heads are bowed all over this place. I believe this. Some of you, you have His name, but you're drifting upon the lazy river of life, away from His presence, away from His power. So it feels like you believe one thing, but you're living a completely separate other way. There's others of you here today. Maybe your mum has faith, your dad might have faith. You might know some people that have faith, but to be honest, you've never placed your faith in the person of Christ. And He stretches out His arm today. He says, everything you ever need, everything you ever want, this is what I've died on the cross to give you. Forgiveness for your past, a hope for tomorrow and a purpose for now. So all across this place, I'm gonna ask some people who are ready to say yes to Jesus. There's some others of you, you need some more time to process it. You gotta think about it, you need to, you need to, read some things and pray some prayers and, and, and think deeply about it because the faith that is not thought through deeply is a weak and shallow faith. But all across this place, God is drawing some people that have been stuck on the lazy boy, the lazy river of life. I want to tell you today, Daddy's looking for you. Reach out by faith and receive His gift. All across this place where heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're gonna pray a simple prayer, those in the overflow. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one moving around this moment. We're gonna pray a simple prayer. That prayer will connect us to a person. I wanna tell you what that prayer is right now. It's a simple prayer that says, Jesus, I need your grace. Thank you for reaching out to me. I receive it now. So we're gonna pray this simple prayer together all across this place. Let's pray it as a church family. Say, Jesus, I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for reaching out to me. I receive it now. May my life never be the same. Those of you that prayed that prayer, you meant business with God, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand just to let me know. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just simply trying to see it and recognize your step of faith to receive the gift of God and the grace of God. So all across this place, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and lift it up high. One, two, three. All across this place, lift your hand, lift your hand, lift your hand, lift your hand. Thank you, thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Lots of hands going up. Thank you, thank you. That in the back. Thank you, those. Thank you in the back there. That's awesome. That one in the middle there. Awesome, awesome. Those, those, those. That's so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand for that? Come on, if you receive God's word, we give a hand. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.